part four chapter five section two of crime and punishment by fyodor dostoevsky translated by constance garnett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part four chapter five section two no i see you don't believe me you think i am playing a harmless joke on you porfiry began again getting more and more lively chuckling at every instant and again pacing round the room and to be sure you're right god has given me a figure that can awaken none but comic ideas in other people a buffoon but let me tell you and i repeat it excuse an old man my dear rodion romanovitch you are a man still young so to say in your first youth and so you put intellect above everything like all young people playful wit and abstract arguments fascinate you and that's for all the world like the old austrian hofkriegsrath as far as i can judge of military matters that is on paper they'd beaten napoleon and taken him prisoner and there in their study they worked it all out in the cleverest fashion but look you general mock surrendered with all his army <laughs> i see i see rodion romanovitch you are laughing at a civilian like me taking examples out of military history but i can't help it it's my weakness i am fond of military science and i'm ever so fond of reading all military histories i've certainly missed my proper career i ought to have been in the army upon my word i ought i shouldn't have been a napoleon but i might have been a major <laughs> well i'll tell you the whole truth my dear fellow about this special case i mean actual fact and a man's temperament my dear sir are weighty matters and it's astonishing how they sometimes deceive the sharpest calculation i listen to an old man am speaking seriously rodion romanovitch as he said this porfiry petrovitch who was scarcely five-and-thirty actually seemed to have grown old even his voice changed and he seemed to shrink together moreover i'm a candid man am i a candid man or not what do you say i fancy i really am i tell you these things for nothing and don't even expect a reward for it <laughs> well to proceed wit in my opinion is a splendid thing it is so to say an adornment of nature and a consolation of life and what tricks it can play so that it sometimes is hard for a poor examining lawyer to know where he is especially when he's liable to be carried away by his own fancy too for you know he is a man after all but the poor fellow is saved by the criminal's temperament worse luck for him but young people carried away by their own wit don't think of that when they overstep all obstacles as you wittily and cleverly expressed it yesterday he will lie that is the man who is a special case the incognito and he will lie well in the cleverest fashion you might think he would triumph and enjoy the fruits of his wit but at the most interesting the most flagrant moment he will faint of course there may be illness in a stuffy room as well but anyway anyway he's given us the idea he lied incomparably but he didn't reckon on his temperament that's what betrays him another time he will be carried away by his playful wit into making fun of the man who suspects him he will turn pale as it were on purpose to mislead but his paleness will be too natural too much like the real thing again he has given us an idea though his questioner may be deceived at first he will think differently next day if he is not a fool and of course it is like that at every step he puts himself forward where he is not wanted speaks continually when he ought to keep silent brings in all sorts of allegorical allusions <laughs> comes and asks why didn't you take me long ago 
<laughs> and that can happen you know with the cleverest man the psychologist the literary man the temperament reflects everything like a mirror gaze into it and admire what you see but why are you so pale rodion romanovitch is the room stuffy shall i open the window oh don't trouble please cried raskolnikov and he suddenly broke into a laugh please don't trouble porfiry stood facing him paused a moment and suddenly he too laughed raskolnikov got up from the sofa abruptly checking his hysterical laughter porfiry petrovitch he began speaking loudly and distinctly though his legs trembled and he could scarcely stand i see clearly at last that you actually suspect me of murdering that old woman and her sister lizaveta let me tell you for my part that i am sick of this if you find that you have a right to prosecute me legally to arrest me then prosecute me arrest me but i will not let myself be jeered at to my face and worried his lips trembled his eyes glowed with fury and he could not restrain his voice i won't allow it he shouted bringing his fist down on the table do you hear that porfiry petrovitch i won't allow it good heavens what does it mean cried porfiry petrovitch apparently quite frightened rodion romanovitch my dear fellow what is the matter with you i won't allow it raskolnikov shouted again hush my dear man they'll hear and come in just think what could we say to them porfiry petrovitch whispered in horror bringing his face close to raskolnikov's i won't allow it i won't allow it raskolnikov repeated mechanically but he too spoke in a sudden whisper porfiry turned quickly and ran to open the window some fresh air and you must have some water my dear fellow you're ill and he was running to the door to call for some when he found a decanter of water in the corner come drink a little he whispered rushing up to him with the decanter it will be sure to do you good porfiry petrovitch's alarm and sympathy were so natural that raskolnikov was silent and began looking at him with wild curiosity he did not take the water however rodion romanovitch my dear fellow you'll drive yourself out of your mind i assure you ah ah have some water do drink a little he forced him to take the glass raskolnikov raised it mechanically to his lips but set it on the table again with disgust yes you've had a little attack you'll bring back your illness again my dear fellow porfiry petrovitch cackled with friendly sympathy though he still looked rather disconcerted good heavens you must take more care of yourself dmitri prokofitch was here came to see me yesterday i know i know i've a nasty ironical temper but what they made of it good heavens he came yesterday after you'd been we dined and he talked and talked away and i could only throw up my hands in despair did he come from you but do sit down for mercy's sake sit down no not from me but i knew he went to you and why he went raskolnikov answered sharply you knew i knew what of it why this rodion romanovitch that i know more than that about you i know about everything i know how you went to take a flat at night when it was dark and how you rang the bell and asked about the blood so that the workman and the porter did not know what to make of it yes i understand your state of mind at that time but you'll drive yourself mad like that upon my word you'll lose your head you're full of generous indignation at the wrongs you've received first from destiny and then from the police officers and so you rush from one thing to another to force them to speak out and make an end of it all because you are sick of all this suspicion and foolishness that's so isn't it i have guessed how you feel haven't i only in that way you'll lose your head and razumihin's too 
he's too good a man for such a position you must know that you are ill and he is good and your illness is infectious for him i'll tell you about it when you are more yourself but do sit down for goodness sake please rest you look shocking do sit down raskolnikov sat down he no longer shivered he was hot all over in amazement he listened with strained attention to porfiry petrovitch who still seemed frightened as he looked after him with friendly solicitude but he did not believe a word he said though he felt a strange inclination to believe porfiry's unexpected words about the flat had utterly overwhelmed him how can it be he knows about the flat then he thought suddenly and he tells it me himself yes in our legal practice there was a case almost exactly similar a case of morbid psychology porfiry went on quickly a man confessed to murder and how he kept it up it was a regular hallucination he brought forward facts he imposed upon everyone and why he had been partly but only partly unintentionally the cause of a murder and when he knew that he had given the murderers the opportunity he sank into dejection it got on his mind and turned his brain he began imagining things and he persuaded himself that he was the murderer but at last the high court of appeal went into it and the poor fellow was acquitted and put under proper care thanks to the court of appeal why my dear fellow you may drive yourself into delirium if you have the impulse to work upon your nerves to go ringing bells at night and asking about blood i've studied all this morbid psychology in my practice a man is sometimes tempted to jump out of a window or from a belfry just the same with bell ringing it's all illness rodion romanovitch you have begun to neglect your illness you should consult an experienced doctor what's the good of that fat fellow you are light-headed you were delirious when you did all this for a moment raskolnikov felt everything going round is it possible is it possible flashed through his mind that he is still lying he can't be he can't be he rejected that idea feeling to what a degree of fury it might drive him feeling that that fury might drive him mad i was not delirious i knew what i was doing he cried straining every faculty to penetrate porfiry's game i was quite myself do you hear yes i hear and understand you said yesterday you were not delirious you were particularly emphatic about it i understand all that you can tell me ah listen rodion romanovitch my dear fellow if you were actually a criminal or were somehow mixed up in this damnable business would you insist that you were not delirious but in full possession of your faculties and so emphatically and persistently would it be possible quite impossible to my thinking if you had anything on your conscience you certainly ought to insist that you were delirious that's so isn't it there was a note of slyness in this inquiry raskolnikov drew back on the sofa as porfiry bent over him and stared in silent perplexity at him another thing about razumihin you certainly ought to have said that he came of his own accord to have concealed your part in it but you don't conceal it you lay stress on his coming at your instigation raskolnikov had not done so a chill went down his back you keep telling lies he said slowly and weakly twisting his lips into a sickly smile you are trying again to show that you know all my game that you know all i shall say beforehand he said conscious himself that he was not weighing his words as he ought you want to frighten me or you are simply laughing at me he still stared at him as he said this and again there was a light of intense hatred in his eyes 
you keep lying he said you know perfectly well that the best policy for the criminal is to tell the truth as nearly as possible to conceal as little as possible i don't believe you what a wily person you are porfiry tittered there's no catching you you've a perfect monomania so you don't believe me but still you do believe me you believe a quarter i'll soon make you believe the whole because i have a sincere liking for you and genuinely wish you good raskolnikov's lips trembled yes i do went on porfiry touching raskolnikov's arm genially you must take care of your illness besides your mother and sister are here now you must think of them you must soothe and comfort them and you do nothing but frighten them what is that to do with you how do you know it what concern is it of yours you are keeping watch on me and want to let me know it oh good heavens why i learnt it all from you yourself you don't notice that in your excitement you tell me and others everything from razumihin too i learnt a number of interesting details yesterday no you interrupted me but i must tell you that for all your wit your suspiciousness makes you lose the common-sense view of things to return to bell-ringing for instance i an examining lawyer have betrayed a precious thing like that a real fact for it is a fact worth having and you see nothing in it why if i had the slightest suspicion of you should i have acted like that no i should first have disarmed your suspicions and not let you see i knew of that fact should have diverted your attention and suddenly have dealt you a knock-down blow your expression saying and what were you doing sir pray at ten or nearly eleven at the murdered woman's flat and why did you ring the bell and why did you ask about blood and why did you invite the porters to go with you to the police station to the lieutenant that's how i ought to have acted if i had a grain of suspicion of you i ought to have taken your evidence in due form searched your lodging and perhaps have arrested you too so i have no suspicion of you since i have not done that but you can't look at it normally and you see nothing i say again raskolnikov started so that porfiry petrovitch could not fail to perceive it you are lying all the while he cried i don't know your object but you are lying you did not speak like that just now and i cannot be mistaken i am lying porfiry repeated apparently incensed but preserving a good-humoured and ironical face as though he were not in the least concerned at raskolnikov's opinion of him i am lying but how did i treat you just now i the examining lawyer prompting you and giving you every means for your defence illness i said delirium injury melancholy and the police officers and all the rest of it ah, oh though indeed all those psychological means of defence are not very reliable and cut both ways illness delirium i don't remember that's all right but why my good sir in your illness and in your delirium were you haunted by just those delusions and not by any others there may have been others eh <laughs> raskolnikov looked haughtily and contemptuously at him briefly he said loudly and imperiously rising to his feet and in so doing pushing porfiry back a little briefly i want to know do you acknowledge me perfectly free from suspicion or not tell me porfiry petrovitch tell me once for all and make haste what a business i'm having with you cried porfiry with a perfectly good-humoured sly and composed face and why do you want to know why do you want to know so much since they haven't begun to worry you why you are like a child asking for matches and why are you so uneasy why do you force yourself upon us eh huh. i repeat raskolnikov cried furiously that i can't put up with it 
with what uncertainty interrupted porfiry don't jeer at me i won't have it i tell you i won't have it i can't and i won't do you hear do you hear he shouted bringing his fist down on the table again hush hush they'll overhear i warn you seriously take care of yourself i am not joking porfiry whispered but this time there was not the look of old womanish good-nature and alarm in his face now he was peremptory stern frowning and for once laying aside all mystification but this was only for an instant raskolnikov bewildered suddenly fell into actual frenzy but strange to say he again obeyed the command to speak quietly though he was in a perfect paroxysm of fury i will not allow myself to be tortured he whispered instantly recognizing with hatred that he could not help obeying the command and driven to even greater fury by the thought arrest me search me but kindly act in due form and don't play with me don't dare don't worry about the form perfury interrupted with the same sly smile as it were gloating with enjoyment over raskolnikov i invited you to see me quite in a friendly way i don't want your friendship and i spit on it do you hear and here i take my cap and go what will you say now if you mean to arrest me he took up his cap and went to the door and won't you see my little surprise chuckled porfiry again taking him by the arm and stopping him at the door he seemed to become more playful and good-humoured which maddened raskolnikov what surprise he asked standing still and looking at porfiry in alarm my little surprise it's sitting there behind the door <laughs> he pointed to the locked door i locked him in that he should not escape what is it where what raskolnikov walked to the door and would have opened it but it was locked it's locked here is the key and he brought a key out of his pocket you are lying roared raskolnikov without restraint you lie you damned punchinello and he rushed at porfiry who retreated to the other door not at all alarmed i understand it all you are lying and mocking so that i may betray myself to you why you could not betray yourself any further my dear rodion romanovitch you are in a passion don't shout i shall call the clerks you are lying call the clerks you knew i was ill and tried to work me into a frenzy to make me betray myself that was your object produce your facts i understand it all you've no evidence you have only wretched rubbishly suspicions like zamatov's you knew my character you wanted to drive me to fury and then to knock me down with priests and deputies are you waiting for them eh what are you waiting for where are they produce them why deputies my good man what things people will imagine and to do so would not be acting in form as you say you don't know the business my dear fellow and there's no escaping form as you see porfiry muttered listening at the door through which a noise could be heard ah they're coming cried raskolnikov you've sent for them you expected them well produce them all your deputies your witnesses what you like i am ready but at this moment a strange incident occurred something so unexpected that neither raskolnikov nor porfiry petrovitch could have looked for such a conclusion to their interview end of part four chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine